yesterday thought people came and they maybe the Sri Lankans. So this is uh, well whoever comes uh, contemplate this and not to uh, not to be a kind of a retreat addict and and, uh, and just want to resent any kind of disruption of your practice. Because you do feel that way, like you're getting very attached to tranquility and silence or not wanting any any other distraction or disruption. And really look at that state of mind that gets that gets upset or annoyed by disruption. <clears throat> you really need to see that, how we easily we become attached. Anything uh, <clears throat> that uh, gives us pleasure or peace or tranquility, we can really attach to it. And really resent any anyone that interferes or disrupts it. You want to be aware of that, not not uh, not uh, hold on to that tendency. Reflecting that these people come to offer food to the sangha, to you, to to, to be able to is a requisite for survival. So this is a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. Selfishness might say, I don't want to be bothered with this, or I don't want to. A meditation can make us very, very selfish, as you can see. <clears throat> Where you can have everything controlled and be very silent, and then one can be just very, very selfish and resent anything having to, to bother with anything outside of our particular. Uh, limits of meditation that in order to to really develop spiritual life then you have to see that that selfishness don't bother me feeling um, in regards to food in the kitchen and that for one thing don't don't we accept whatever people offer and the lay people, I want you to pay special attention. People bring whatever food they prepared. That is alms food, whether it's meat or vegetarian or whatever, is not the issue. Don't go around saying we're vegetarians and we don't want your meat, because that is a very rude rejection of somebody's offering. So sometimes people say that here, and I, and I really find that uh, a very wrong thing to do. Because being vegetarians, then we become fussy. We have to have certain kinds of foods. We're not alms mendicants anymore. We're vegetarians. And remember that we're not we're not trying to uh, encourage meat eating, but we're <coughs> encouraging uh, offerings of uh, requisites to the sangha to be worthy of those offerings. Are you worthy of the food that you're offered? Ask yourself. Have you been practicing? Have you been keeping within the moral restraint? And are you worthy of the alms food? 
rather than whether you like the alms food or not. <laughs> if we get a lot of children running up and down the corridor today, uh, making a lot of noise and stamping on the corridor, what are the lay women going to do? Are they going to get upset and uh, curse them, or will you be able to handle it? <laughs> it's your challenge, isn't it? Will you be able to do what is right and beautiful, or will you just get very negative and averse? Well, what, what is uh, appropriate is good dumb, is to, to, is to use situations that disrupt you, or in order to see your weak, weak point. The aim is to, you know, the, we're trying to develop the sense of silent <coughs> restraint. <coughs> that's the, that's the, uh, the ideal. That's what we've, <coughs> we've set forth as the ideal for our life, for this retreat. Silence and restraint. But that's not to become an attachment. That's not what we're trying to make the world into fit our ideal. But that's our ideal that we 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 try to remember that and and incline in that direction, but not hang on to it and 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 shove it on everyone else and uh, be very rude and and in, and inconsiderate to other people if they don't fit the ideal we have. So you. Have a, you know how to use an idea without being attached to it, and uh, how to develop your practice away from selfish uh, concern towards uh, compassionate interest. The Vipassanini is uh, is the, the the stereotype of the Vipassanini is that I'm I've come here to sit for two months to get my practice together. <laughs> now, are you a Vipassanini or are you uh, one who's taking refuge in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha? So obviously. <laughs> Because vipassana has become a, a real uh, nauseating word. Mm. You hear people say, we practice vipassana. No, we're not Buddhists, we do vipassana. <coughs> Goenkaji has been great on that one, you know, <coughs> trying to create a vipassana cult. And we practice vipassana. No, we don't. We don't. Uh, Buddha, and that's not important. Or sitting becomes a becomes a religion. We we practice sitting wherever we are. We sit. And this is this is this is not taking refuge in in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. This is just. The, developing uh, various uh, things uh, that you might like to do or 
much coming from a sense of me trying to do something. I'm being particularly critical of that now, just to point it out. I mean, it's not uh, trying to just point out the what what uh, what uh, the Buddha's teaching, how the, the kind of greatness of it, not, and the uh, total liberating quality of it can only be realized through <clears throat> through right understanding of Dhamma, not through through uh, strict meditation or vipassana and and uh, and all kinds of con- uh, attachment attachment to controlled situations. Zen Zen vipassana. The Western mind is, is such a such a kind of arrogant mind that it it just wants to to pick and choose. Remember when we first came to England, the Goenkaji students were all saying, talking about vipassana as if uh, Ubakin discovered it. They said, "This is a vipassana is a special teaching the Buddha kept secret, and Ubakin discovered it and gave it to the Burmese." That's what we were being told. <laughs> it's for the. It's for the. Uh, 20th century, and uh, and of course vipassana has always been a part of the Theravada Buddhist tradition. <laughs> these are this is how distorted things can get <clears throat> through through uh, it tends towards cultishness. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not condemning vipassana, uh, the practice uh, that as, a, as, as dhamma, but as an attachment, as a viewpoint, as a, as a cult, I think it's, uh, one needs to see it, see it uh, in its proper perspective, not as something isolated from its, uh, from its natural context. This, if in the, your life, developing your practice, and growing and developing the spiritual realization, uh, then the refuge is the is really a, a most helpful reflection. Buddha Dhamma Sangha. That's why, you know, whatever you do, and, and they always, you, before you take the sila or the five precepts or whatever, you always take the refuges. Is that just the uh, Theravadan ceremonies? Is that just sila patubaramasa, attachment to rites and rituals? Is it just, do we just do it because it's a, a tradition only, because we follow in a tradition? Or is it a, a very, uh, it is, is it the very essence of our spiritual development? For me, it can only be that. It is the essential. Reflection.
like in the morning evening puja, don't we? We, we bow to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, we reflect on Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And that's not just just a uh, another form of Sila Bhattabharamasa, I hope. Could be, if you're just kind of doing it as a kind of ritual thing that you uh, you believe that it somehow that's uh, protecting you against the evil spirits, something like that, then it is Sila Bhattabharamasa. But if it's uh, helping to internalize it, to realize that in a very practical way, to see Dhamma, to, to be that which is awake and knowing of truth in the present. Life is, as far as my experience goes, is, is there's always a certain amount of disruption in it. And uh, it's just the way it is, things happen. And uh, so that, that I, I totally accept all disruptions as part of the way, as Dhamma. <coughs> like for, remember, I, was, I wasn't here at the last winter's retreat, but the retreat before that, I advise you all to accept all the disruptions as part of the retreat. You know, we set this, this there a noble silence and practice two months of uh, silent meditation. But then, but then everything that might happen from airplane dropping on top of Amravati to, to guerrilla warfare to nervous breakdowns to uh, everybody disrobing or whatever, just <laughs> it's part of it. Just to be able to reflect and, and not, not feel that this is ruining the retreat. <clears throat> Because if you if you have an idea that the retreat should be a certain way, and 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 then you hold on, you grasp that idea, then anything that doesn't go along with your idea, you'll feel very you'll feel averse to, you feel very righteously averse. To. <coughs> and you can believe when you feel righteous, you feel you're right, don't you? If you if you have righteous understanding, it means that you. You believe you're right, and therefore the other person's wrong. And that's the truth. And it shouldn't be like that, and we get lost in our own righteous uh, reactions to experiences that that we don't uh, that don't fit into our version of uh, what is acceptable. So in, in notice that the, I'm emphasizing how to use an ideal and as a guide rather than as an attachment, how to set a standard without being attached to it, and how to reflect on the flow of life, the way life happens to be, the experiences. Like here for this retreat, we're trying to, to uh, uh, the aim is not to to cause a lot of disruption and and problems and difficulties and we're not uh, going to hire hoodlums to come in and and attack you just to see if you can what you do when you're being hit over the head with a club we're not 
not a, a Zen master who's, who sits in my room at night plotting what I'm going to do next to torture you, see how, see if you can take it. Or what little uh, kind of things I can do to, to put you to the test, ultimate test, drive you to the edge. The, the whole intention, my intention for this retreat is to make things as, as easy as possible for you. As pleasant and as nice and as, as helpful, encouraging as possible. That's my intention, that's my aim for this <coughs> retreat. So, but I realize the possibilities <coughs> of things happening, contingencies, uh, disruptions, uh, so that this is just a part of the flow of life. It's not, it's not the purpose of the retreat. We're not here. It's not like a kind of a marine boot camp. It's not, you're not going to take an examination at the end of it and, and we're going to be rated about, you know, who, who, who passes and who doesn't. But it is, uh, it's all recognized that the, the aim and purpose, the ideal is there. The intention, but then the mindfulness allows us to adapt and to deal with the contingencies of life, what happens just in the flow of our life by being here at this place and at this time, that which affects us. Maybe it will, maybe not, maybe this two months will be just the, the perfect two months of just uh, everything just going smoothly like a well-oiled machine and everything going very well. No hiccups. Yeah. Or maybe that would be just one hiccup after another. <laughs> but that's not, that doesn't matter, that's not an obstacle to the practice, to the understanding of Dhamma. <coughs> and couldn't agree on anything. So they're very pessimistic feeling. Uh, so they're glad they, Mr. Baker suggested that Perez is what's his name? Equela. Talked to Saddam Hussein, which is a very good idea actually. Better than. I should think the UN would. <coughs> Would be a better organization to to work through than the United States. <laughs> so and uh, <coughs> the Iraqi foreign minister said that if they attack Iraq, Iraq's going to destroy Israel. No uncertain term but that they're going to uh, the first target 
that they take revenge on is Israel. And of course Israel has, has stayed out of this whole Gulf crisis. <laughs> the benevolent forces and good forces to keep practicing uh, in the right way. Or for that as a as a um, make that an offering what you individually can do like today to, to really don't indulge in negative foolish attitudes and doubts and worries and just make a strong determination to really practice Dhamma today. That, that would be a great benefit. <coughs> uh, to uh, rejoice in uh, goodness that your the life you're living, the goodness of your life, the virtuous Spread um, loving kindness, compassion to to them all, to Saddam Hussein and the, all the Israelis and the Iraqis and the whole lot. It's uh, not a matter of taking sides anymore. It's a matter of, of uh, establishing a sense of uh, of, of uh, our common bond with human beings. Israel is, is always emphasized that it's separate and they're even getting rid of the Arabs now, the Palestinians. They don't want it, all these uh, Russian uh, Jews or millions are going to Israel and uh, they want to get rid of the Arabs. And Israel has always maintained its determination to be separate and divisive, and so it's, uh, it's always been asking for a lot of trouble here. And, and they one uh, understands why, but it's still the cause. The cause is, I am an Israeli, <coughs> you are an Arab, I am a Jew, you are. That kind of thinking is, is ignorance is of each other. And as long as we think we're Jews or Gentiles or British or Americans or what, then we're going to create people who are not that way, and that's going to be our reality. And then the result is conflict and despair, sorrow, grief, anguish, the whole lot comes from that. Like on the gender, I am a man, you are a woman, well, that kind of position is always going to create conflicts between men and women. I'm a Buddhist, you are a Christian, or I'm a Theravadan, you're a Tibetan, that kind of stuff. And we, we hold on to any of it, we're going to create the conditions for Sopa Parite with Tukka Tomana Parayasa. It's just the way it is. Dhamma. That when you when grasping leads to grief and sorrow, despair, and anger. 
Arabs are very much the same mentality as the Israelis. We are Arabs, the Arab world. And we are Mr. Aziz, the foreign minister, is a real crybaby. You're always thinking you're better than us Arabs. <laughs> a real uh, kind of offended, righteously offended uh, prig, which is, you know, you, you Western people, you Americans and Europeans, you think, you think you're better than the Arabs. You always treated us as servants And actually, they're just trying to work for the Arabs as if they're equal, equal members of the United Nations. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just, uh, one can always bring up past things and, and make feel offended about any, anything. Apparently, we're good at it, being offended about that you didn't ask me in the right way. Instead of saying, instead of saying, please, would you do this? No, you said, do this. You treated me like a slave. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> I mean, this is where wisdom is. We're not taking sides with slaves and masters, but we're learning how to work with life. <coughs> I'm not asking not demanding that you never offend me and never be and always say the right things and put things in exactly the right way that will never upset me. And, uh, I'm quite willing to look at being upset if I'm going to be upset because you address me in, with the wrong in the wrong way. I will take advantage of the opportunity to look at my touchiness and foolishness, being offended because you didn't show proper respect is really something, is really a, a fault in me, a weakness in me I need to pay attention to. You know, being offended because you didn't respect me or didn't treat me in the way I think I should be treated. even in the Buddhist world. And the Sri Lankas and Thais come together on Sunday. They don't like each other very much. <laughs> they, they've all got their... they're used to doing things in their own ways. So that they... they, uh, they get offended by the way, <coughs> the fact that they, they tend to do things slightly differently, very different. Remember one time down at Chithurst, when, uh, I was giving a talk and there was somebody, somebody, it was a European person, had uh, been to Thailand and realized that pointing your feet at the abbot and at the Buddha Rupa was, uh, was a very rude thing to do. 
Now I was given in the middle of this talk with Titoist, and suddenly this woman starts, there's a somebody sitting with his feet pointed at me, and this woman starts having a go at him right in the middle of my talk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was much more rude than pointing the feet. <laughs> it's certainly more disturbing to me and disrespectful to me, wasn't it? And, and and really insensitive to the whole, to everyone, by this, this loud whispering. Suddenly, you know, you're trying to give a date or not, and somebody's trying, is being offended by by the fact somebody's pointing his feet at the Buddha wisdom. Now, wisdom, we we just we realize. I mean, if somebody's just being downright. Obstreperate. I'm going to point my feet at the Buddha because I hate the Buddha. Well, that's one thing. But when I hate Arjun Sumedho, I'm going to show that I can't stand him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. But usually, like if they're Europeans, uh, they just don't know. They just got sore knees. <laughs> I never take it personally. something to to uh, make a determination that may our efforts today be a benefit and help to to uh, bring the forces benevolent forces and good thought compassion and mercy into the consciousness of the people involved in making these decisions about war realize that a war is going to be really, uh, nowadays you can't have just a, a little battle, you know, a duel, a joust out in the field. You have, you have enormous vast amounts of troops raising against each other with the most horrendous uh, weaponry that you could possibly imagine. Plus, um, they're being very cagey <coughs> about using atomic weapon. So they aren't saying they're not going to use them on the Iraq. They're being very cagey. And Iraq also is, as I was saying, quite capable of using biological chemical warfare in Iraq. So it's, you know, taking, it's a, it's a war that would be you know, a nightmare. And with all these young people, it's the youth of the country that are, that are having to fight this. Not the old men that, that 
won't talk to each other. Is it? It's the the young blokes. They just get caught up in the craziness of the time. And it is in rock, it probably just saturation form and level or something. Who's going to get what people are going to get killed in that kind of situation? Or ordinary people, like our mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers. We're trying to present Iraqis as being kind of obsessed Muslim zealots that hate Jews and and they're just you know. When you want to kill somebody, you have to present them in their meanest aspect. But I imagine that any of us went through what we find uh, they're just like us. It's like Jimmy like Ayatollah Khomeini. Probably doesn't matter if they're killed because they're, they're all that. We can all just perceive them <laughs> in one vast prejudice. But when you... But you know that's not really the case because they're, they're just like Pearl and Neil. to that point of just bare attention and getting to know, being the knowing rather than than trying to become somebody, get something or get rid of something. To develop that sense of, of, of attentiveness, the reflectiveness, and so as the mind, thinking mind ceases, like, who is it? that, what is it that knows all this, that can observe Your thinking mind might try to answer the questions, you know, is it, is it the one who knows, or is it the Buddha? <laughs> kind of thing. That, that's silly, isn't it? We're not, we're not after an answer in words, but uh, using this questioning in order to to get used to being mindful, being aware, to being the knowing rather than becoming something.
feeling depressed or <clears throat> doubtful or uncertain, I ask yourself, what is it that what is it that can know this as an object? What is it that can that can recognize that a feeling of depression or doubt or despair? What is it that that's aware of it as being that? So that you're, <clears throat> you're beginning to get beyond just the assumptions of, of it being a personal problem or something that's yours. Use the sound of silence and, and that is a kind of help to kind of keep the mind noted out. When you're, when you're aware of this silence, sound of silence, then there's, uh, there's no self operating in terms of thought. For a personality to appear, you've got to forget all about that and start following your feelings. I like, I don't like, I want, I don't want, and start believing all that. But as you <coughs> can be aware of I like and I don't like and I want and I don't want as <clears throat> as an object. You can I can be aware of it as an object, so I assume the rest of you can. Can you? Somebody say, can you be aware of I like, I don't like as an object? So that, that is, uh, that be that which is aware, rather than being somebody that likes and doesn't like things. <clears throat> then in uh, daily life here, just keep <clears throat> using the situations of the, the the way life flows today, the flow of it, whatever way it goes. If it goes all very harmoniously and peaceful and pleasant, or it, it uh, is just, uh, everything's disrupted and confused, it doesn't stop the practice. It doesn't, doesn't keep us from being mindful. So that, you know, you, you, you begin to have a sense of being centered and stabilized within yourself. Because you have to re recognize that, that you can only experience life from where you are, from this, from this place here. This is the Bodhi tree here. This is, this is the place of enlightenment here and now. But not as a person. Not as a as a personality, but as a person getting enlightened, but as a way of reflecting on the flow of life as it as it is now. Because it, it's flowing, isn't it? There's this the changing uh, conditions of of the present. Now, if you're feeling 
full of uh, like negative feelings or despair or doubt or depression, and the sound of silence helps you to just practice with indulging in despair or self-pity or whatever, and then go to the sound deliberate <coughs> go to the sound of silence. So if you're feeling your hopeless case, then really be hopeless and and think all the hopeless thoughts and uh, and listen to them as objects rather than than always kind of <coughs> think I shouldn't feel this way. Uh, if you're feeling despairing and and uh, depressed, then then really deliberately be depressed. <coughs> and feeling sorry for yourself, really feel sorry for yourself, but listen, and then go to the sound of silence, and, and sustain for the count of ten. And then try to feel sorry for yourself again, so that you're kind of playing with it a bit, you're actually working with, with, a, with a condition that oftentimes we tend to, to have subtle ways of suppressing because in our heads we think we shouldn't be depressed or so that we shouldn't feel the way we do. Some things happen, like when karma ripens, then we have to experience it. So, like I find, even now, after 25 years, certain things can, certain things will I'll be experiencing, kind of suddenly feeling tremendously hurt or anxious about something, or threatened by some some particular thing, and uh, so I, I. I uh, realize that the karma for that has, has ripened, so I, I'm willing to, to really go to that place. And then work with it, like with the sound of silence, with the breath, the reflective reflection on the way things are, then there's the ability to use the, 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 the ripened karma of the present for uh, uh, practice of meditation and understanding of Dhamma. do this yourself. Don't, don't look to me to, to, to make you happy or to boost you up or things like this. <clears throat> or to compliment you or to appreciate you or that. If I don't appreciate you, that's all right. It's not what I'm here for, I appreciate you. But you must... <clears throat> I've given you this instruction in Dharma. Isn't that enough? (laughs) 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 
it's good to not be appreciated because you have to become self, you have to really look at yourself. <clears throat> and that desire to be recognized and appreciated is, is a very mature state. It's not, it's, uh, it's still, Daddy, pay attention to me, or Mommy, take care of me, kind of thing. Please tell me if I'm good or bad. You know, still, still it's that, that God, please help me, please, please protect me, mind. And that we have to witness to, it's, uh, it's, uh, to see that desire for, to have God come and save me or protect me, feel like, <clears throat> that I'm loved and wanted and, and that uh, everything's all right. And that I'm on doing the right thing, and is is Theravada Buddhism the right way? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> if you're an occult, you kind of reaffirm it. You know, this is the way. If you don't agree with this way, there's something wrong with you. If you don't agree with what we're doing, then get out of here. Brainwash you with the party line. This is the best goddamn monastery in the West. (laughs) That's the party line, isn't it? party line that, that, that uh, for goodness sake that, that is that's not the way to enlightenment not that's not enlightened mind Are, have been sending over their missiles to Saudi Arabia and they're trying to bomb uh, Riyadh and Dahran. But the American, uh, these, uh, what do you call it? Patriarch? Patriot. What? Patriot. Patriot. They've been able to blow them up before they land on the cities. Scud. <laughs> you don't know what scuds are. <laughs> Those are the Soviet Soviet missiles that they sold to the to the Iraqis before the war. 
and they haven't, they haven't, uh, they bombed Israel yesterday, but these, uh, these uh, anti, these, what are they called? Patriots. Patriots are um, quite, quite effective. And so they can, they can usually blast them up, uh, you know, uh, explode them in the sky before they land. And so they've given these also to Israel to protect themselves, hoping that Israelis will not uh, kind of rush into any kind of retaliatory practices against the Iraqis. So that, uh, and the Israelis are being very cooperative actually. And the Americans are very happy with them. There's kind of sense of, of, of uh, friendship again, because I guess President Bush and Mr. Shamir have not been on the best terms, and now they seem to be quite, quite friendly. And I think the Israelis are, are really loving that fact that everybody, that all these Americans are blowing up Iraq for them. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, there's some Iraqi uh, soldiers are deserting, and the, the feeling <coughs> is a very kind of elated one, I think, on the side of the Americans and the British. They're still uh, bombing. They're, they're trying to uh, to uh, destroy as much of the launching pads for these missiles. <coughs> and the propaganda is, uh, the Iraqi propaganda is that the Iraqis are winning. The Americans are losing, and then, uh, but the uh, alliance propaganda is that they aren't, they aren't, uh, they haven't lost very much, and uh, <coughs> they still, you know, they're still preparing for maybe uh, extended war of some sort. But I think the general feeling is that it, it might not last too much longer. your problem, you're a frustrated school teacher. <laughs>
saying about a, a hopeful kind of internal uh, breakup, you know, kind of coup or something like that, is the possibility within within I think they never say, but they. I think they hope. I think they've been hoping for that would happen long, long ago. The, the Egyptians and the Syrians seem to to be very cooperative, also, and the, the French, the Italians. The uh, Kuwaitis and the Saudis and the Turks, they're also bombing from Turkey. Uh, so in the north of Iraq, then there's the American bases in Turkey. And uh, from Bahrain and from Saudi Arabia. But it's still pretty much an air war, isn't it? It's totally, war? yes. It's, they've done, done nothing, uh, and they're hoping not to have to do anything. It might be, they, they think it might be the, that they could do it all through air, <coughs> an air war. something to hold on to. Recognize that, that your habit tendencies are all grasping. That's, that's why we want, want verification and, and confirmation and all that from outside sources. And we want to know, am I doing this right? Am I on the right track? Or am I all right? Can I do it? Am I a soda now? Or have I how much, you know, this kind of desire for verification, then uh, there's still how the conditioned mind works. But the path, developing the path, is always awareness of that as a condition. It's that purity of, through awareness, that, that you need to trust in as your refuge, the safe place to be. And to, to know that so well, like in your practice, like in, in formal sitting. Yeah. No, not go into these kind of trances or this kind of dullness or just a co highly concentrated state, but that, that fullness of being in the, in the moment. Get to know that. Sense of just not, not kind of. Uh, an endurance test for an hour attitude, but a, but a fullness of being in the moment, completely present, 
with the way it is. Through bringing into your mind the way it is, this is how it is, feels like this. The mood, the, the feeling, the, the breath, the silence, the, the noise, the way things are. So that there's this attentiveness, awareness, mindfulness, not of not concentrated on a thing, like seeking to concentrate on something, but just the mind open and receptive and mindful rather than concentrated on an object. Then if you want to concentrate, then the, the mindfulness of the breath is a good practice. Mindfulness of the breath, then investigate if you see some kind of of uh, weakness and thing that that causes you a lot of suffering, then then investigate it. But investigation isn't analyzing through a self-view, is it? It's not. I feel this way because I have. I'm. This has happened to me, or people have done things to me. It's, not analysis, but it's uh, uh, investigation. Vimangsa, you, you examine this as it is. Like feeling uh, sad is like this. Sadness, the sense of sadness is like this. And then you can ask yourself, is, is that which knows, is that sad, or is that, is that is the object. Sadness is, is an object, isn't it? It's not. Sadness doesn't know anything. <coughs> sadness can't know anything. But there's the knowing of sadness or unhappiness. So if you keep at it in this way, then the, the, eventually you break through. You'll have, you'll have a, a, a real, you'll know this as a <coughs> have an insight, a deep uh, realization of it, rather than, uh, say, just momentary or experiences, or um, just an, an intellectual understanding, a theoretical understanding of it. Also concentrate on the body, so you're bringing the body into consciousness. <coughs> so don't neglect, don't dismiss the body. Because it, the body, you need to, you need to give the body its due and, and fill it out with energy. <laughs> give it a, 
make it bring it into a, into a full awareness state. If the body's in the mind, rather than the mind in the body. That's why the posture uh, is to to use the posture, like the sitting posture, as as a way of of learning how to bring the whole body into your mind. Now in the the knowing, that's pure pure intelligence. That's uh, that's not conditioned knowledge. So it, and it's not discriminative uh, learning. It's not learning. That that ability to be pure, <coughs> that awareness, pure awareness. It is you're in touch with universal intelligence, pure, <coughs> not impersonal intelligence. Is that, <coughs> is that God or Buddha? <laughs> you can call it anything you want. <laughs> I'm nothing against, you know, whatever words you want to use. But there's no need to, is it? Because you don't need to to have a name for something. Because with this, you're getting, you're transcending the the realm of perception and name and form into the formless, pure purity of uh, of intelligence, clarity, wisdom. Not conditioned knowledge, not uh, learning from a scripture, not grasping a theory. Now the problem with talking like this is it it'll throw you into the state of doubt. You start, what is it? What is it? Where is it? You know, you start looking for it or or wondering if you can do it. And then, then just by being aware of that doubt is it. Just seeing less things as objects, the doubts, the the wondering, the the confusion of the mind. Just be the knowing of that of whatever uh, condition you're experiencing now. Trust in that. That's your refuge, way out of out of birth and death and Sokaparitewa, Tukatomanasampayasa. Uh, 